Hello, traveler. Please, have a seat while I tell you the tale of the Prismatic Guard. Starring Abby O'Neill as the combustible and often confused tiefling alchemist, Flint Therai. Jason Hops as the old veteran, Robarth Mirax, a dragonborn warlock with a mysterious patron. And Ashley McLean as the carefree but determined Ottervok Samurai, Margo. Hosted by Eli Royal. Join us on a tale of a world still recovering from a great war that changed everything. Hello, you are listening to Prismatic Guard, a We Play RPGs production, and I am your host, Forest Liver Inner, Art Maker, Wine Drinker. Eli Royal, joined by... Hi, I'm Abby, and I play Flint. I'm Jason, and I play Robarth Mirax. I'm Ashley, and I play Margot Yabat. And this episode of Prismatic Guard is brought to you by Metallic Dice Games. Uh, Metallic Dice Games produces dice of... uh, They have various different kinds of metal dice, all of them very pretty. They have stone dice which are super fun. They even have a collection of uh, zircon glass that has been colored as various birthstones. And they have your traditional resin dice. Um, I personally really love, they have a, uh, a whole like line of resin dice that the instead of a 20, it's a like the silhouette of a unicorn's head. And some of them, like my favorite in that whole thing, is some of them have dried flowers inside the dice. And that's just super cool to me. Mm-hmm. And if you go to metallicdicegames.com and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD, you get 10% off your entire order. And this episode is also brought to you by Found Familiar Coffee. Uh, Found Familiar Coffee makes just delicious coffee and all of the coffee is named after like D stuff uh they have face step which is pretty good uh goodberry initiative those are like my three favorite right now and every bag has artwork on it that is like fantasy themed and every artist is credited which is really important to us here we play rpgs and if you go to foundfamiliar.com and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD, you get 10% off of any single order. And last time, we had some very touching moments. Um, Rovarth made up with Sergeant Wen, or at least is on the path to making up with Sergeant Wen. And Margot had a very cathartic experience with Hilda. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing the the feeling of losing a loved one and thinking that there's something you could have done. Mm-hmm. But this episode, we are going to start off with Flint. Oh boy. Um. It's been maybe 10 days since you guys got back. At this point, I think even being as upset with Roscoe as you are, you are kind of worrying about the fact that you haven't heard from him. But there's also a part of you that I imagine is wondering how much of your worry for Roscoe is just you avoiding doing the thing that you wanted to do 
when you got home. And for our listeners, um, if you don't remember, when they first arrived in the wilds near the Blightwood, uh, Flint, having upheld his part of the bargain with the succubus, was told the name of his birth mother and that his birth mother is still alive and lives in Seoul. Yeah. Okay. Gotta do this. Uh, Flint, after a few days of being back in back in Seoul, set, um, he starts drafting out a letter in his, um, uh, in his shed, just like, uh, just like, um, hi, you, you don't know me, but my name's Flint there. I, I think I'm your son. I would like to meet you and, uh, write down the address to the house and bring it to the post office. See if they, um, see if I can find an address with that name. Make a... Make an investigation check. Because you don't... You know she lives in the city, but you don't know where. That's a 28. You are able to kind of piece some stuff together. You know that she's a high elf. Um, You know, based on the conversation you had with your dead father, that uh, she was some kind of nobility. And that all really starts to narrow things down. And you're... Your adventures, the wealth that you've gathered, um, the confidence that you've gathered has all led to you having a little bit of clout, you know, a little bit of weight to throw around in these higher society circles. And you find out that she lives... I forgot to write that down properly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, I do not have the proper name of the area, but you find out that she lives just outside of the Paper Circle, which is what the center of the city is called. Uh, The Paper Circle is all of the government buildings and such that were uh, encircle the palace. Yeah, she lives about a 40-minute walk away, maybe a... 10 or 15 minute carriage ride. Flint finds that out. He sends her the letter first off. She He doesn't want to just show up at her house and be like, hey, like I'm your son. They might just throw him out. Well, go ahead and make an insight check. That was a natural 20. Okay. You're not sure this letter will even reach her. Um, at her level of wealth, um, she doesn't open her own mail. Or probably doesn't open her own mail. You know, as a as a player and as Flint the character, I can't conceptualize that level of wealth. That that just seems ridiculous to me. That's, bizarre. That's just that's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I have people to open my own mail. I mean, like, what the fuck is that? You know that it's entirely possible that she does open her own mail, but it's equally as likely, if not more likely, that she doesn't. You know. I mean, if she's used to nobility and she's, like, had that generational wealth, she's probably not. I should probably go to the, go there and try to see if I can talk to her. All right. You get there and... Um, Flint wears his, ni- his nicest clothes. Um, 
you get there, and it is, as is not uncommon in this part of the city, this is an estate. Clint is already intimidated as hell, like, what the f- Yeah, it is a, you know, you're you're kind of standing there at the gate. Um, I imagine you're, like, you keep walking up to, like, ring the bell for the doorman, and then walking away. Yep. Um, and after about the fifth time that happens, you hear a familiar voice. Uh, you hear Quinn, and she says, hello, Flint Therai. Hi. And standing there is the half-elf Quinn with her bright yellow eyes. Fancy seeing you here. Fancy, fancy seeing you here, um... Do you have a new job, Flint Therai? And again, her eyes are boring into you. <laughs> mm. Flint stares a bit, then just he straightens up, takes a deep breath, and goes, "No, I came here on personal business. I think I found a relative, and I'm just I'm seeing if they're willing to talk to me." She stares at you for a moment and says, Come with me, Flint Therai. And she starts to kind of walk off. Flint nods and follows because, uh, yeah, he's 15 level. Quinn scares the shit out of him. He's a little bit intimidated. And you've seen, uh, you know, you saw her tear through a contingent of guards like it was nothing. Yeah, he's not risking it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she leads you into this alleyway uh, nearby, and as you step in, she grabs you by the collar and throws you down this alleyway. Uh, Flint tries to like catch himself so he doesn't like tumble too hard. Yeah, you you don't tumble too terribly hard, um, but she starts walking up and she says. Whose home that is, Flint Therai? Claire Boyan. Good. And she, almost before you've got your feet back up underneath you, she has grabbed you and slammed you up against the wall. And what is your hope here, Flint Therai? Who is Claire Boyan to you? If I believe she's my mother. And what I want, I'm not... I'm not banking on her wanting a relationship. It's been too long. But I would at least like to know my name. The name I was born with. So I can decide. I at least want this door closed. Instead of open and always having to wonder if there was something I did. She stares at you. Just hard in the eyes. And she gently sets you down and straightens your coat. And says, very well, Flint Therai. And her entire face changes. Uh, her eyes become solid, molten yellow. Uh, this slight red scales along the edges of her face and the back of her neck. Uh, her fingernails extend a little bit and turn black uh, into claws. Mm -hmm. 
and her clothing changes from the nice but still very pedestrian clothing into this long-tailed jacket, like suit jacket and uh, breeches, um, and these small, this small almost crown of horns of black, solid black horns sprout from her head, and she says, "Come along, Flint Therai." Let us learn your name. Flint uh, follows her because holy fuck. Quinn? Uh, she does not respond. Uh, you know what? He's whatever. This is what this is what happening. <laughs> and she leads you up to the gate um, and she pulls the bell and the, uh, you know, doorman comes out of his little thing. Uh, is it, It's an elderly human. Um, he says, who calls? And, uh, the Quinn looks at him and simply says, open the gate, Marion. Oh. And he looks at her and goes, oh, yes, mistress, of course. And he <gasps> walks over and unlatches it and swings it open. Will you be requiring... An escort? No, Mirren. We shall not. Very well. He closes the gate behind you. And Quinn, without even making sure that you're following her, just walks right up to the door. Flint scurries to keep up. Um, And she... She just opens the door and walks in. Uh, And there's a footman there who's um, a young elven boy goes um um miss do you have an appointment and quinn simply says is she in the study or the library um miss i'm not sure and quinn gives him one more look and he says the study miss um tea yes have the maids bring it and again she just starts walking flint follows (laughs) Like, uh, just in the entire time he's thinking, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> this is a roller coaster, and he is struggling to keep, to hold on. She leads you and opens the door, and what you see is this very finely, though not gaudily, furnished study. Very large study, um, with a small library in it. And it is this... It is the kind of old wealth furnished that I don't think Flint has ever seen before. Flint sees the study and is like, I'm a, I feel too poor to even sit on the furniture. God damn. Like, that's what he's well, thinking. And that's the thing you notice is that because of your skills and your, your eye for craftsmanship, you are able to see pretty immediately that these, every piece of furniture in here has been fixed and restored at some point um it's it's the old adage only rich people can afford to be poor you you look at the desk that has a very finely dressed um elven woman sitting at it she seems to be doing paperwork of some kind and it's impossible to know i mean she's an elf uh she could be 18 she could be 200 um but the desk she's at you would estimate with uh without like really appraising it, you would estimate that desk is probably 300 years old. 
Good and also probably not all the original wood. Oh yeah, at least part of it's probably had to been be replaced because termites are a thing, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, as you walk closer, um, you can see that it, it is def- it's still stained the same color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this woman looks up and she says, uh, Zura, what a pleasant surprise. I assume they're already bringing us some tea. And who you now know as Zura, the red dragon you met quite a long time ago. Flint hears that and just kind of like side-eyes her like, what the fuck? Then he then he just accepts it because you know what? This might as well be his life. You know what? This tracks. Um, this makes all the sense. <laughs> uh, Zura says... She says, yes, Lady Claire. And uh, Lady Claire says, and who is this young man you've brought with you? I think Flint, Flint's perception is, or insight is high enough. I think he noticed that she becomes more immediately more guarded now that she's noticed you're there. Uh, uh, passive insight is your insight score plus 10, right? Yes. Well, my passive insight is 16, so I imagine yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you know that she... Her focus was immediately on Zura once she entered the room. And she was very, very friendly, very open. Um, but upon seeing you, she has immediately become... No, I am not having tea with my friend. I am Lady Claire Bouillon, uh, Baroness of... Um, uh, uh, the High Elven Kingdoms, and I am meeting with a stranger. I mean, he stands to attention because he. this is a woman clearly not to be fucked with. Zura just turns to look at you. She doesn't answer the question, she just looks at you. Uh, Flint takes a breath and goes, Ma'am, my name is Flint Thright. I am... I'm an artificer by trade, and um, over my adventures, I have encountered some some people that I can't. I'm sorry, I I can't find my words. I think you're my mother. Um, <laughs> you say, "Oh, I can't find my words," and she begins to say, "Oh, that's all right. Here, let's have a seat." And you say. I think you're my mother. And she freezes. And she immediately looks at Zura. Um, and Zura... God, Zura is impossible to read. Of course she is. But you can tell that Claire is very shaken by this statement. And she's trying very hard to hold her composure. Well, yeah. How often do you have people that look like your, uh, you know, your long dead husband, and say you're their mom? You're their mom. Um. Well, important to note for Abby as a player, I never said they were married. Oh, sorry. I assumed. Mm. Well, I mean, how often do you assume you're? How often do you have strangers that look like your long dead lover, and say that yeah. you're their mother? <clears throat> Um, and she, she's very quiet for a long time, obviously. And she says, let's have a seat. 
And there's like a couple chairs and this sofa in front of like a little coffee table in this study. And uh, Zura sits down in one of the chairs and Lady Claire sits down on the couch. And when you go to sit in the other chair, Zura gives you a look. And again, impossible to read what that look means. Uh, Flint looks at her and is like, I'll sit on the couch. Yeah. Um, I'm the opposite of the Claire, so she's not crowded, obviously, but like, he's not willing to fuck with Zura. She's she's terrifying. <laughs> also, he respects her in the way that, uh, you know, you respect people that can very clearly fuck your shit up. Yeah. <laughs> Z- uh, Lady Claire looks at Zura and says, how did you meet young Master Therai? And Zura, without breaking eye contact with you, says, Entirely by chance. I was sleeping in the road. His adventuring party needed to move by. They were very apologetic about disturbing me. And she... Lady Claire looks at you and says, What... What has led you to believe that I am your mother? I spent some time in, um... What's what is it? The, what did they call it? The vault of. I, I um. You spent some time in the secret library of Jadarain. And I spent some time in the secret library of Jadarain. In there, I um. I met someone who encountered a book about me. And in exchange for. Taking them out of the library, they would tell me your name. And. There, that name given to me was Glabrion. And then later on, we, for adventure, for reasons and purposes, I'm not gonna say we had to go through the land of the dead. And there, I encountered, I I encountered my dad, Jasper Rudolphson. She looks at you for a long moment. She turns to look at Zura, and Zura looks at her, and they. They exchange a look of some kind. Um, for your passive insight, you're not able to read um, what the significance of that look is. Um, if you would like to roll insight, you can. I mean, I would like to try. Um, 24. She seems to be looking at Zura to confirm this story. Um, it's It seems whoever Zura is to this woman, she trusts this dragon. And you, you actually get the impression that maybe the reason she is entertaining this conversation is because you came here with Zura. Um, and Claire nods, and she says, Do you know what your relationship to Zura is? We've worked together once before we... After we encountered her in the, on the road, I am hoping I made a good impression. She looks at Zura, and Zura slowly nods, and she says, Zura was Jasper's godmother. I, I didn't know that Jasper had died. I thought I was 
told that he had that he had abandoned me abandoned us well Flint looks at Claire this time whoever told you that lied and I'm sorry that you had to find out this way she smiles at you and says you're you are as or you seem to be as kind as I would have hoped you would be. Flint manages to turn redder and just kind of like a starts fidgeting with his tail. I may I share something with you? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. The first thing I will share is that you do not have to call me ma'am. Um, you may simply call me Claire, if you like. Y you can call me ma'am if you're more comfortable with that. Oh, all right, Miss Claire. She smiles. I... May I tell you how much when you met Jasper, how much did he tell you about me? What he told me was to go into this conversation knowing that you were both kids for all intents and purposes and to give you at least at least um, understand that that you made the best decision you felt you could. And she she takes a a calming breath. Um, you can definitely tell she is doing everything she can to maintain her composure. And she says, yes and no. I was... I... I am only 115 years old. And that does seem... I imagine for someone who is only 33... Wait, Flint's 33? Yes. Holy shit! Does Flint say, wait, I'm 33? Like, yeah, wait, I'm 33? And she gets this confused look and she goes, yes. Jesus, fuck, I thought I was 27. <laughs> like you're all kids in Rovart's eye. <laughs> um, she gets this look and she goes, do you... Did they never tell... Ma'am, may I speak freely? Yes. My earliest memory, I am starving, I am hungry in, a, in the street. And the woman I grow up eventually to call my Aunt Birdie is is picking me up and telling me that, she, that uh, she's going to take me home. I don't know who they are, but I'm going to guess they didn't do their fucking job. 
she sits there for a moment and she you're not sitting very far away from each other this isn't like a big couch um and she reaches out like she's going to take your hand uh flint meets and then her pulls bef- well yeah. she before you can even do that she closes her hand and and sets it in her lap um and there is this this hesitation of her like you you immediately feel like she didn't feel like she had earned this that interaction and she well what she tells you is you were born on the 15th day of Erlgroth 33 years ago Flint kind of uh, holds his hand out and she she reaches um, I mean it must feel like an eternity how long it takes her to take your hand he's gonna let her take the time that she needs because she he can tell that she didn't know that you know he he was going to come into this conversation not knowing how fucking old he was. And that, you know, realizing, oh god, this was probably not the best decision. Roll insight for me. Damn, I'm really good tonight. 24. You hold her hand and you holding her hand it feels like you are holding the hand of someone who has spent her entire life being so incredibly strong and this is the most fragile she has ever felt and she is trying so hard to not put that on you um and she she says as as she holds your hand she says i was told that your father had abandoned us. And I I know that I seem, when, when you list the years, it seems very old. But elven adolescence, physically, ends at about the same time it does for most other people's. But mentally, it. <laughs> she smiles and looks at it and goes, We're basically 20 for 50 or so years. Flint just kind of starts rubbing his thumb, his thumb over her knuckles, just to kind of wave as, like, com- as like a comforting gesture. Yeah, and she. The door opens, and this footman with a tray of tea, walks in and says, oh, I'm... And when he does, she pulls her hand away. There, There's a hesitation to it, but she does pull her hand away. I mean, Flint's not going to stop her. Yeah. Like, he's not going to disrespect her, her boundaries, because clearly she has a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, he sets everything down. Is, is there anything more, ma'am? And... Claire says, no, no, Michael, that will be all. 
Thank you. Yes, ma'am. He leaves. Um, and before she can reach to do it, uh, Zura reaches over and starts pouring tea. Um, but she, she looks you in the eye and she looks down and kind of holds her, hesitantly holds her hand out. Flint takes it. Um, and she squeezes your hand and says, my parents, as you could imagine, it was the end, or very close to the end of the, the war. And your father had been fighting against Igrian forces since he was very young. And we... He was just a a soldier that I knew. But he was so earnest and kind. And you can imagine that the, if you'll pardon the phrase, bastard child of a tiefling was not looked kindly on by my family. I can't imagine. I didn't care. I loved your father so much that I I, I was willing to be disowned. But when it had been you were just born and I hadn't heard from him. I knew that he was leaving. Um, he wanted to do some work um, that would get us a plot of land. And then I didn't hear from him for a long time. He, from what he told me, he he was uh, he was hired as a guard on the ship, and the ship sank. He died saving lives. He died a hero. Um, she just bursts into tears. Oh. Ah! Uh, Flint tries to comfort her. He's like, "Oh no! Oh no! I fucked up! I fucked up!" And she she pats your hand and says, "No, I just." Those monsters. My aunt gave me a letter. And it was... And she pulls a handkerchief from her sleeve and wipes her eyes. Um, it was in his handwriting. Saying that he couldn't... He could not be with me and I was so scared that I could never take care of you by myself that I believed her I'm so sorry your aunt sounds like a dick and she you have that moment of like oh fuck what did I just say he slaps um, and the she hand starts laughing. 
over his mouth like, oh shit. She's, she starts and she starts laughing and says, um, yes, she is, most certainly. But I was promised that they had already found a home for you. You wouldn't be growing up in a, a lavish mansion, but you would be taken care of. You would be cared for. You would be loved. In the last decade or so, I have learned that my aunt is never to be trusted. But by then, I had no way of finding you. I mean, in your defense, I got picked up. I got picked up from the ten eyes, and God, I can't even remember it. Of about about twenty two year twenty three years ago. Wow. So and uh, un- I mean, unfortunately, the people I was with uh, traveled a lot. <laughs> he is not going to mention his his potentially criminal past. <laughs> That is uh, not a first day meeting discussion. She says, may I ask you some questions? I'll answer best I can. Please don't feel obligated to answer. Do you live in the city? Yeah. We, um... I and some of my advent and a few of my adventuring party actually, uh, we got a house in one of the nicer neighborhoods. I mean, not as nice as here, but it's a house with a yard. <laughs> she smiles and says, "I think you'll find that opulent does not necessarily mean nice." Well, it's nice. <laughs> Your adventuring party. Will you tell me about them? Flint perks right the heck up. Well, there's um, there's Margot. She's, oh man, she's my she's my best friend. Like uh, if uh, I don't feel about her that way, but if but I but uh, it feels like we're but it feels like we're on the same wavelength some days. It's it's just nice having someone like that. She is an otter folk um, otter folk samurai. I love her so much. She she has the best jokes. She's always getting us into trouble and it's always it's always a it's always fun getting out. Then there's Rovarth. Like <laughs> Rovarth Rovarth is probably the best father figure I think I've had in my living life. He he's he's kind of a, he's kind of an idiot sometimes, but like he means well, and he carries through. It's, it's great. I appreciate him. He's a, he's a dragonborn. And uh, Flint kind of uh, stutters a bit and kind of like starts, um, kind of uh, clenching, wringing his tail hard. Then there's Roscoe. He is a bard. We're. We had an argument at the end of our last adventure, and I haven't seen him in a few days. I'm a little worried. 
I'm just worried that some decisions in his past are are making him someone that's going down a dark path. She gently squeezes your hand and says, I I would very much like to speak to you more. Um, I am, if I'm being perfectly honest right now, very overwhelmed, and I will need to rest soon. Flint squeezes her hand, goes, that's fine. Um, he uh, pulls out the letter he wrote because he stuck in his back pocket and uh, gave it to her. Um, I was going to send this to you before I decided to come over. It includes the address I'm staying at, if you would like to send a message so we could meet later. And she she smiles and takes the letter and um, says, of course, that would be, that would be very nice. Um, and she stands and you stand and Zura stands. Um, and she, the two of you stand there awkwardly for a minute because I imagine you don't know if you're supposed to hug her or if you want to hug her, if she wants you to hug her. Flinch is kind of uh fidgets with his hands for holding it out for a handshake because right now he doesn't feel comfortable enough for a hug um yeah and she she takes your hand uh, in both of her hands and says I hope that we have the chance to be mother and son Flint, uh, Flint smiles at her and goes, well, only way to do that is to try. Uh, and Zura interrupts and says, it's time to leave, Mr. Thurai, though I do believe you still have a question, uh, if you care to ask it. Oh. Um, before I leave, what was the name you gave me well obviously I chose your father's surname it was the custom in his village to do so in high elven society it's more of a custom to take on the surname of whichever parent has higher status in society but your first name was Achilles <laughs> she smiles and says I admit Flint is more befitting an adventurer <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you I'm, I'm attached I'm a little attached to Flint but Achilles is nice too she smiles and Zara says very well Flint Thurai it's time to go it was nice meeting you, Miss. It was nice meeting you, Miss Claire. I uh, give her hand while one final shake for I uh, go for I uh, go to follow Miss Shura. Holy shit! Um, and she takes your hand and again in both of her hands gives it a gentle squeeze and smiles and says, "It was 
a miracle to meet you, Mr. Flint Thurai. And Zura basically leads the way off of the, you know, through the front gate, off the property. And then she says, I'll be seeing you, Flint Thurai. And just walks away from you. Uh, Flint just, just goes, see you later. <laughs> and just uh, backtracks and immediately starts heading, trips over his own feet and immediately starts heading home. Fuck. Um, you get home um, not long before dinner, uh, which is good because if you waited any longer, either Flint or Margot would start cooking. Rovarth. It's fine. Maybe. <laughs> either Rovarth or Margot would start cooking. But as you come across, because you, you have a small fence in your front yard uh, with a little gate. Um, like comes up to the, to your waist. Yeah, it's not a super high fence. It's something that would keep a dog in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it keeps um, the kids in because, like, the tallest of them right now is, like, four feet tall. Yeah. And leaning up against uh, the front gate of your, your little porch, uh, smoking a cigar, is a tiefling man in a red leather coat with these gold bracers. Uh, over top of it, his skin is in almost purple black. Um, his ears are a bit longer than yours. Uh, instead of a more traditional devil tail like you have, his tail is more like that of a, a bull. Uh, and whereas you have two smaller horns, his is uh, his two horns kind of sweep back along his skull. Uh, his shoulder-length hair is tied back, and he has this... Um, I don't remember what it's called, but his mustache... It's its like he has a goatee, but without the actual goatee part. Yeah, um, it's like that biker mustache. Yeah, yeah, it's like a biker mustache. And he has... His right arm, which is holding the cigar, is mechanical. This dark uh, copper and black metal. And he looks at you and smiles and says, Well, hello there, little brother. <laughs> and this episode is over. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, boy. You got some pluggables? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, I have a Twitter, an Instagram, and a TikTok. All are Elvenly, Elvenly underscore E. I'm going to be screaming a lot the next couple uh, next couple days. I mean, actually, no, it's probably going to be a, have been a bit. But after this recording, I'm definitely going to be screaming a lot. You, you can go four months backwards on her Twitter account and see how much she's screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But uh, I'm going to be posting our, I'm going to be screaming into the void. Have fun. Go forth. Play tabletops. I'm whatever. I have a YouTube <laughs> that is uh, 
Aerosil Prime, E-R-A-S-Y-L space P-R-I-M-E. And if you, you know, want to watch videos that are me occasionally being dumbfounded like this while playing RPGs, then, um, yeah, go check that out. I'm Ashley. I play, uh, Jesus. I'm so messed up that I'm, like, doing the intro. Um... I'm Ashley. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter under the handle AmCosplayClean. Um, posting artwork, um, RPG stuff, and cosplay stuff on all those platforms. And you already know where to find me. I said at the beginning of the episode. But what will make it much easier to find me is if you also enjoy creating the best possible scenario of meeting one's birth parents i take that back the most accepting scenario of meeting one's birth parents yeah uh, because the reality that a lot of people experience um who go through that kind of thing is not great and hopefully this feels nice i hope it does um my father is going through something like that very recently and his Finding his birth family, they have been extremely accepting, and it has been amazing to watch him experience that. Uh, and I hope that this kind of had that feeling. Uh, bye. 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 Eli, you brilliant bastard. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>Thank you for listening to this part of our Tale Traveler. Please, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever fine pods are cast. You can find us online at WePlayRPGs.com, on Facebook and Twitter at WePlayRPGs, and on Patreon at WePlayRPGs Podcast. Your patronage is what keeps this podcast alive.